Hey everybody, welcome back. I have one more interview for you today. I'm speaking with Amber Hawley. Amber is the leader and the host of the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur. She's actually a therapist. Okay, I've known Amber for a while, known of her. She's been on podcasts that I was editing even five or six years ago. So she's been talking to entrepreneurs about mental health for a long time. She's also a lifestyle strategist, and she works with entrepreneurial individuals, couples, and really talks about the emotional side of business. Um, she's actually the owner of a therapy practice in Silicon Valley. She hosts a couple of podcasts. She's a mom. She's really great at at, at talking about these things that a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people in general deal with, things like neurodiversity, ADHD, all those types of things. Um, and she's been doing this for a long time. And today I'm going to ask her a little bit about this. You know, what is ADHD? What is neurodiversity? How does it affect people? And why is it harder for entrepreneurs when they have these challenges? Um, we also talk about priorities, how to, deter how to determine priorities in your business. And I wanted to get into burnout and the signs of burnout. And Amber is a really good person to talk about burnout and energy and, and how to manage your daily energy so that you don't face burnout. So it's going to be a great conversation with Amber. I did want to say I'm entering a pretty busy period over the next few weeks, so I'm going to go back into the archives now that I've got over 140 episodes of this podcast. I'm going to go back into the archives and replay some of the episodes that have been really powerful to people and also some of the most downloaded episodes. So if you're new to the podcast, look forward to that because you may have not heard those episodes yet. So thank you all. And without further ado, here is Amber. Amber, welcome to Podcast Strategies. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yes. Thanks for having me. So I know a little bit about you and I've already given a short introduction of, of what you've done and, and who you are and what your businesses are. But could you just kind of fill in the story for us and let us know how you've gotten to this point as a therapist, as a, as a, as a whatever that makes you really interested in, in helping the, the entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, well, I guess like starting from, I, I moved to Silicon Valley from Minnesota and, uh, it was in the early or late nineties, I should say. And I started working in the dot-com world. So working in technology and like most, you know, 25 year olds, 27 year olds had my existential crisis and was like, what am I doing with my life? I decided to go back and become a therapist, which was kind of something I'd always thought about. And it was so funny after becoming a licensed therapist, then I start my business and then I'm led back into the business world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized I actually had this passion before, you know, working in technology, doing operations and, and like learning about new technologies and implementing them in the businesses that I worked in. And so it was like, I got to use that part and my therapist brain and kind of put them together to market my own business. And okay. so I grew a group practice in Silicon Valley and then, um, then I, well, and like many ADHD people, I was like, I want to do more than one thing because I want something fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I started another business and 
And I realized like, I loved working with business owners, especially working in Silicon Valley. A lot of them were my clients. Like I saw a lot of like startup CEOs and business owners and, you know, professionals, doctors, lawyers, that kind of thing. And realizing like there's, there's unique challenges that I think people in business are facing. And often they'll think like, well, I don't need therapy. Like I'm very high functioning and I have a great life, but I have all of this overwhelm or stress or all these other things going on. And so like finding a way to help them both with like strategy and systems, but also having that understanding of the psychological part Mm -hmm. that impacts us. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got into this world. (laughs) Excellent. And you, I I definitely want to talk about stress and overwhelm because I think like, I know I feel that as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, but you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned that you have actually found out that you are ADHD. Um, You know, I'm 44 years old. Uh, I grew up in the time where like in the eighties and nineties, we, you know, it, it was just starting to be the thing where like, oh, this kid that we can't handle or is all over the place is 80, at first it was ADD and then it was ADHD. And, and then it was, let's, you know, medicate the hell out of these kids and all that sort of stuff. And I think it seems like we're getting a better handle on it, but could you maybe talk a little bit about what is ADHD for, for those of us that maybe haven't experienced it or haven't been uh, tried to diagnose, get diagnosed as it. Um, but I know I hear more and more about how adults are finding out that they've had, you know, they've maybe been ADHD all along or um, neurodiversity is a, is a big topic now in terms of like where people might be on the spectrum of neurodiversity. Um, and, and tell me what it is, what are, what do, what do we know at this point and, and why is it harder when you're an entrepreneur or a, a business owner um, with ADHD to, to prioritize, to do things like what is the effect that's happening uh, that is making it so hard for those types of people? Absolutely. Yeah. First, I'll start with the, the first part. Mm-hmm. I too did not find out that I had ADHD until I was 41. Okay. Um, which for women, especially, it's much more common not to get diagnosed because generally in school, like you said, it's it's the kids that are acting out that have like all that energy. And usually like, you know, women will hear on the report cards that would say like, you, you know, Amber talks too much or Amber's yeah. very friendly and always walking around the room or whatever. And then the boys, it would be like, they're being too physical. And right. so because that was problematic for teachers, the boys often get singled out, which, you know, really sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. But it also yeah. sucks because a lot of women get missed or if your ADHD shows up, in a different way. And I think that's the thing we're starting to really understand now is, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've trained under, uh, Dr. Eamon who okay. yeah, I've taken Daniel his, Eamon, yeah. his courses. And he talks about there being seven types of ADD. Um, and he, he, ADD, ADHD are the same thing, but sure. they, they've changed it in the DSM. So he purposely leaves the H out, but, um, you know, it can show up in so many different ways. And like you said, in the world of neurodiversity, we see so much overlap between like autistic uh, characteristics and ADHD characteristics. And then other things that are just like the brain works in a different way and it's kind of undefined. And so there are those people who feel like some things are just more difficult for me or I see them differently or they're harder for me, but I don't necessarily fit all the criteria. So I think there are a lot of people who feel the same way where they're like, 
I don't know. Am I, am I not? Mm -hmm. The reality is if you have it, if you're neurodiverse, you're neurodiverse, you don't grow out of it. The only thing we notice is, um, people, as we get older, we grow out of our hyperactivity, (laughs) which, you know, makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. We get more tired. Um, but, uh, the reality is, yeah, it's, it's always been there. It's the same. And so I think the benefit of like finding out is it helps you kind of accept a lot of things. Cause I think we feel like what's wrong with me. Like, mm-hmm. why is this such a struggle? And on the other hand, there's all these like really great gifts and things that I see, you know, people that I work with, um, who are neurodivergent, they're so creative and they think outside the box and that hyper-focus that we get can be such a benefit for us getting stuff done. And, you know, I've read statistics that the estimate is about 40% of business owners probably have ADHD. And so, you know, there are many reasons why we would seek out to own our own business or kind of do our own thing. It makes sense. Yeah. Right. When you start to understand all the symptomology, but, um, so yeah, so I think a lot of people, you know, are dealing with that. And then, you know, I, I work with a lot of business owners with, I say ADHD or ADHD ish. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people who come and work with me who are like, I don't have ADHD, but I can't focus. I just can't yeah. seem to get the things done that I say I want to get done in a day. Right. And, and I think that's, like modern entrepreneurship is we have so many things coming at us and it's so hard to concentrate and focus and kind of prioritize all the time. So I think that's something I I see a lot. And I had a friend call it a digital ADHD. (laughs) It's like, I have digital ADHD because just everything going on, there's no way I can focus. (laughs) So, so so yeah, so that's, I guess that's the first part, the you know, what that kind of is. There's so many different things that show up. What makes it kind of hard is, um, you know, when you have ADHD, we, every, all humans have brain biases, right? So Mm -hmm. we have different ways that our brain works. Like we think our brain works logically, but that's not always the case. So if you study like behavioral economics, there's stuff like optimism biased, where we think nothing is going to happen or get in our way. And so we, we misallocate how much time to, uh, give ourselves to do a certain task or to get things done. Right. Cause we're like, Oh, that'll be no problem. We'll just do this. You know, I'll run into the grocery store. I'll be back in five minutes. So I won't be late for that appointment. Mm-hmm. You're like, no one will be in line. No one, no, no computers. will have a problem. My, the food will be where I thought it was, you know, all of those yeah. things. Right. Um, so we all have that, but when we have ADHD, we have additional ones like time blindness, which is <laughs> one of the hardest ones where all of a sudden you're like, okay, oh, I've got like 30 minutes before my next meeting. All right. So you start to do something and all of a sudden it's been an hour, you know? So it's, we lose time. I, I know personally, TikTok has cost me hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see myself in that, in that, that time bias, time blindness as well where mm-hmm. I will just get, especially if I go back into like um, thinking about my engineering days where I was doing more editing and mixing and things like that, where uh, if I was working on a song and I got into something, four hours would go by and I would be like, oh my God, what happened? Exactly. I was thinking that with, I can imagine in the mm-hmm. music industry, cause you're getting so immersed in that project when you're editing and going through yeah. stuff. It's, and that's the thing when we're into something, we get all in and that's that hyper-focus so we can get a lot done. Yeah. Um, but if we're not into something, 
it, you may as well ask us to climb Everest without any yeah. training. Like, like for me, I always say going to the post office for some reason is like climbing Everest. It should be a simple thing that I just, okay, I'm going to run to the post office. It, it is almost impossible <laughs> for me to do it. I don't know what it is, but this, we all have those weird things that are, that are difficult for us. Yeah. Right. And for a lot of uh, business owners that I talk to you, maybe it's their financials. Mm-hmm. And so it's like overwhelming. They're not sure what to yeah. do. So then they avoid it. Right. right. And then it becomes bigger, becomes more anxiety provoking. Okay. Um, so that that's the kind of stuff there's, there's a lot of ways in which um, prioritizing it's my, like, Oh, I don't feel like doing that. Cause that is either unfamiliar. It's an unfamiliar mm-hmm. task that you're not used to, or there's some kind of like, emotional, like resistance to it, like having to have a hard conversation with someone, um, you know, like if you have to let an employee go or give them feedback about performance or, you know, tell a customer that you have to raise their rate or something, you know, whatever the thing may be, then we're going to, then it's going to be really hard to do that. So we'll probably do other things that are not as important. And like, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the day is over. We're like, Oh, I'm tired. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I feel like you're calling me out here because it's like, Oh God, I do that. I do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I want, I want you to share Cause I, I know you help people with strategies and, and how to handle these types of situations, you know, like just to give you reference for what, you know, the people listening have heard from me before. Like we've talked about the, the, the standard things like if if it's not something you're comfortable doing, if it's not something you love, it's not something you're an expert at, like outsource it, like find someone who really loves that to be part of your team. Or, um, you know, if you find that you have the, like the, when you are talking about time blindness, I was like, oh, well, like, yeah, I've talked about batching and, and scheduling and blocking my schedule to make sure that I focus on certain things at certain times. What, what other strategies have you talked or, or those, like how, how do you use those? What, what do you recommend for entrepreneurs that find themselves dealing with these certain types of neurodiversity or ADHD or, or just those blocks that I think we experience as entrepreneurs or, or just people in general? Yeah. Well, and those are definitely outsourcing, um, and batching. I'm a big believer in them, but what I find is when we say, okay, outsource that most people don't, they, Mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, well I have to clean it up. And I think the biggest thing I see is one, they're so overwhelmed. Like they don't even know how to hand it off to somebody. Right. So they need, they need some support in how to transition that or they feel shame. And I think that's one of the biggest ones, especially if I think about when I'm, I'm really advocating to people like outsource your financials, like get a, get a bookkeeper, get a CPA. Like that is not a good use of your time. And in fact, you know, I, I just uh, last week released an episode. It was a pep talk about taxes Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I get it. Like, I know I was like, just file your extension right now. Cause you're not going to get it done in time. <laughs> like, let's just be okay with that. And let's not shame mm-hmm. ourselves, but there's so much shame around that part. Or like somebody's going to judge me as a bad business owner when yeah. I see the back end of my business. And that's, you know, not true professionals aren't doing that. They're there to help you. They love doing that, but they need that support. I think a lot of people, we need to address the resistance. And I think I think we're told to do things, but we don't yeah. address the resistance. Like, why are we not passing it off to somebody? Right? So, so talk more about that. Cause that, that's like, I'm like, oh, I, I totally jumped it. Cause I'm, I'm an Enneagram type three. I literally like when I say, oh, just outsource it. 
I talk in terms of like, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a three, like I was a control freak and I had to like really address that with myself as like, it had to get to the point where I was failing to, to really admit to myself, okay, you got to let go of this stuff. But so talk about for a lot of the other types of personalities and people that are out there, how do they, how do they get through that shame? How do they get through that block of, or that resistance of, okay, I'm embarrassed about this or, or, or uh, feel shame about this. How, How do we, how do we address that? How do we move through that? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, threes are, you know, threes and sevens are very popular business owner types. Mm -hmm. I am a seven. I am the enthusiast. (laughs) Um, and what I say sometimes when I hear productivity experts, uh, I've had them say, well, when it gets painful enough, you'll address it. And I'm like, "Mm, wouldn't that be nice? Like that's unfortunately when we talk about neurodivergence, it doesn't, it is really painful and it almost becomes even more overwhelming than to pass it off. So sometimes at that point, we need somebody like a, a trusted, like, you know, I say biz bestie, or it could be your partner or spouse. It could be, you know, somebody. I always recommend masterminds. Oh, I love, I know exactly. I love other business owners who are different than you. Yes. And can really, you know, you can trust them to give you that opinion. And I think it has to be people who I call it, I'll call it like your inner circle, right? Mm-hmm. People who you trust that, you know, have your well-being in mind and they mm-hmm. understand your business. Like, yeah. I think that's the most important part and having somebody really support you in like working on the shame. And sometimes people need to go to therapy for that or get mm-hmm. a coach for that, you know, they, cause it can be so overwhelming, but getting somebody who's giving you that feedback. And I think the other part is if you can get a referral, so I'll just use the financial piece, like finding mm-hmm. a bookkeeper, because usually it's not the CPA. I mean, the CPA, you know, they're like, okay, here, once you have that P and L statement there, yeah. you know, you're fine, you're already done, but it's having that bookkeeper, who is going to look at all of the backend stuff. And mm-hmm. I think getting a referral from somebody who you trust and, you know, being able to talk to them, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where when it's, when we don't know the person or we, it's too like, I, I want to say like nebulous, then it, mm-hmm. I think our anxiety is high. It's kind of like hiring a babysitter for the first time when you yeah. have a newborn, you're like the theoretical idea of somebody else watching your kid. You're like, Oh, hell no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You know, but when you meet the person and you're like, Oh, they're so awesome and kind and trustworthy, then you feel better about it. So sometimes I say, start with just ask for referrals from people, you know, like, and trust, Mm -hmm. then meet with that person. Don't, you don't have to commit to anything. Like it's like that baby steps. Right. Cause I think once we meet the person and we talk to them and we get a vibe, like, Oh, they're not judging me. Now, if you get the judgy vibe, then obviously move on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think some of it is just taking the baby steps to do that. Cause what I see is, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get a bookkeeper once I've cleaned everything up. I'm mm-hmm. um, no, you're not going yeah. to, it's going to be a <laughs> shit show. And then I right. know so many people who are paying, you know, like penalty fees every single year because mm-hmm. they're so overwhelmed. And I'm like, it would be so much easier if yeah. you just paid someone to do this. You must be psychic because <laughs> literally, and I don't know, I mean, most people listening know we're recording this ahead of time. Um, I just actually recorded an interview with my, I call it, they're really my CFO, 
but okay. they're a CPA. And that and that's what people are looking for. They're looking for the financial officer that's actually going to give you advice and look at things and, and have your best interests in mind all the time. Um, but I, I just did an interview with them. Uh, they're the bottom line CPA. They're profit first accounting firms. So they, they really get into that. Like, let's look at things. Um, and, and I'm glad you talked about that because it, it, that was why I chose them to be my CPA. And then they became a podcasting client as well. But it was because there was no judgment. They were, they had a system that was all about online businesses or businesses, brick and mortar businesses have, being successful and putting things in place. If you're familiar with Profit First, then you, you may be know like that. So I'm like, well, yes. like, like that's great that you mentioned that because that's the, that for a lot of people, that's one of the first things that they get overwhelmed. They they don't know what to do. They get embarrassed about it. They don't know what's going on in their business because they don't know the numbers and things like that. And so having having that relationship can be one of those things that uh, can really help. Oh, especially. it's hugely important. And this is the thing of, we understand, we have to look, understand that people look at, it's all data. Like mm -hmm. when we just, when we depersonalize it and understand this is just data about your business. This says, no, this doesn't mean you're a good business owner or a bad business owner. It's just right. data. And yeah, finding those people. And eventually, like I say, you know, people will start with a CPA or then they'll get a bookkeeper. Eventually, I think getting a CFO or a fractional CFO is so mm -hmm. important as your business grows and you're leveling up because you want that, like you said, that strategic feedback, yeah. they end up saving you and making you so much more money because mm -hmm. they know how to look at the numbers. Like that should, you know, as business owners, we kind of have to be generalists a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we know enough to know, like we're not being yeah. ripped off or we're not, right. you know, doing dumb things, but, <laughs> but at the same time, we want to hire these experts who can make such a difference in our business. And mm -hmm. that's the other thing is I've always said too, that, I've been in business for 11 years and I realized forever I thought, oh, I can't hire an assistant because that's an expenditure and I just you know, can't afford it right now, quote unquote. And I have since completely understand like wholeheartedly to my bones. If you hire an assistant, they may be an expenditure, but they will make you money because yeah. they free up all this energy and time. And I think that's the thing. It's, I think we underestimate the impact of all of this stuff going on, like in the back of our brain mm -hmm. all the time is impacting our energy and our ability yeah. to show up and do the work that we're really great at. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's good that you talk about energy. Um, cause I, I think, I mean, especially after the last two years for most of <laughs> yeah. us, um, some, a business owner at some point, uh, even if like a lot of the people listening today are just podcasters, but a podcast in a way is a business. You're, you're, you're doing stuff and you're creating things and you're making money, hopefully off of it. Um, we're all going to get to that point where the stress is too much or there's too many things and we're overwhelmed or we're getting close to like what people talk about as burnout. What is burnout? What, what is that overwhelm? Like, what should we be looking for to know there's a, a, a serious problem coming and then how do we deal with that how do we you know how do we put our energy in the right places and let go of things that need to be let go of yeah before we go into that just one other thing because you asked about strategies and mm -hmm. a strategy that i love and that is so effective and it's so simple it's like how how is that even helpful and it is 
especially if you have ADHD is body doubling. So, um, I used to do this, you know, before I knew I had ADHD, like when I would want to like sort or clean out like paperwork because (laughs) hello, I had boxes of paperwork that I was avoiding. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would have my husband sit in the room with me and he would like watch a movie or something. And, you know, he's doing his own thing, but he's there. And it was enough accountability for me to stay in the room and stay focused and on task. And so, um, I do them virtually like virtual co-working is what I call it. And we use like the Pomodoro method, but even doing it in person, like that to me is the best, but you have to find the right people for that. Okay. Like you, you can't have the person who's just going to talk to you the whole day because <laughs> then you won't get anything done. You can do like, let's do our catch up. Now we work, then we maybe have lunch and then we work, <laughs> you know, you have to have somebody with good boundaries, but, <laughs> um, but co-working or body doubling is really, really effective. Okay. And I would even have my assistant come and sit in the room with me, you know, back when I was in the office yeah. and, um, because it was like, I needed to ha- pass off stuff to her, but if she's not in front of me, I can't focus enough. Like there's too many, you know, things coming at me. Gotcha. Um, unfortunately for everyone listening, you know, you're listening here that, uh, you don't see all my hand gestures, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, um, it, that's just a really great strategy for, so whether that's doing it with somebody who works with you, uh, you know, an assistant or a friend, um, having somebody there and you say specifically what you're going to work on, because then your friend can be like, Hey, Hey, uh, why are you on TikTok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there you're like, okay, never mind. You know, it's not break time. Right. Um, it's just a really great strategy. So I wanted to put that out there. So then going to burnout, um, it's funny. So my first major bout of burnout is actually when I discovered I had ADHD, uh, because all of the coping mechanisms I had and all of the strategies I had just weren't working anymore. And, you know, I, it took a long time, even as a therapist to understand that it was burnout because I kept going, like, I love working with my clients. Like I would see my therapy clients and I was energized and I love the work. And I thought, Oh, well, you're supposed to, you know, stop enjoying the things that you like, or, you know, you'll see like compassion fatigue where people are like, Oh my God, like, here you go again, you know, same old stuff, you know, and I never felt that. But what I didn't realize is it can show up differently in everybody, right? So for me, it was more like I would give everything I had. And by the time I got home, like I had, I was just extra irritable. Like if anything went wrong, I would get super pissed off about it. I just had no, I had no breathing room for like life to happen. And unfortunately it kept happening. Like life happens, right? Um, And then also I wasn't addressing like the financial stuff and I wasn't addressing um, like paperwork. Paperwork is kind of my downfall, which a lot of people, I mean, I think for most business owners, it's uh, employee management and paperwork. I mean, I think those are the two things that stress most people out. But um, I started realizing, you know, I was to the point where I would see the clients and not bill them because I just didn't have it in me, even though you're like, dude, this takes like 10 seconds. That makes no sense. And I didn't really get it until I went through that. And then I got diagnosed and it like things started to make sense. And then I started to understand. And for me, it was really helpful because everything that I thought was like a negative personality trait was actually just how my brain worked different. You know, it was like a lot of ADHD qualities. And so then when you can learn to accept them, like you stop living in that shame space, which I think keeps us really shut down. Mm -hmm. So you stop like beating yourself up 
And then sometimes there's also that the acceptance piece and that's the energy piece, right? Like if you're beating yourself up, you're obviously draining your energy and you're feeling bad. But if I'm like, Hey, there is no way I'm getting my taxes done on time. So luckily, and by the way, when you have a CPA, they will automatically file your extension for you if yeah. they don't hear from you by a certain time. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you file the extension and then, you know, I jokingly say, okay, well, October 17th, you're going to have that next day of dread when the extension is due, but you know, <laughs> you, 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 you have all that in between space. Um, but you know, it's, it really is, like coming to acceptance and just stop berating yourself for all of this mm -hmm. stuff of like, no, that's just not how it works for me and changing up the way you do things. Um, and, you know, for me, there were a lot of things like, um, I wanted to be helpful. I, you know, I care about people and, um, you know, I, I like being helpful. So I would always say, oh yeah. Um, okay. I'll send you X, Y, Z, or I'll send you this resource. And what I've learned is like, no, because then I end up taking like a positive interaction, not doing it in a timely matter. Then they feel irritated. So what was good all of a sudden turns crappy and mm -hmm. I feel terrible. So I've learned to either do it right there. Like, let me do it while we're in, you know, it's still face to face. Mm -hmm. I have to do it now or I won't remember or stop offering to do all these extra things for people. And so that goes back to boundaries, right? Yeah. Making making choices. Um, learning when to say no, we, I know we get in that habit when we're starting out, especially as a, as a entrepreneur or starting a business that we just want to say yes to everything mm -hmm. because we're worried we won't make any money. We won't be able to eat. And I know, especially, I mean, one of the, one of the ways we've within my team managed our energy and, and kept each other from getting burnt out is, you know, I'm very clear with them that they come first. And if there are any clients that are causing a problem or being, you know, disrespectful or, or mean or, or uh, unreasonable or anything, anything like that, that I'm more likely to fire a client now and say no to new work to keep the team moving the way that they need to move and, and, and happy and, and, fulfilled and not burnt out. So yeah, I'm and glad you I'm, talked about that. Yeah. And so many leaders, I think, miss that, right? That, yeah, you get into that place of scarcity of, I need to be taking more business, taking more business. And then what, you know, if you burn out your employees, then yeah. it's going to, you're going to lose business anyway, right? Like things yeah. are going to happen. And so like quality mm -hmm. over quantity, I think. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sharing all these strategies and things we can look for. Um, I, I, you're, you're a podcaster. So I, I just have to talk to you about podcasting a little bit Yeah, yeah. or, you know, everybody that's listening will be like, well, you know, what does this have to do with podcasting? Um, <laughs> you've been podcasting for a while and we were talking before we got on about, I, I know my team and I have, have worked on several of your interviews before on other podcasts. So just, just tell me a little bit about your podcasting journey, how it's worked for you having your own podcast and, and also being a, a guest on a lot of other podcasts, what, what effects has it had on your business? 
Well, I mean, I definitely get new clients. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. had people join either my membership or do like one-on-one work with me, um, who have heard me on other people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I think there's huge value or, you know, or maybe they haven't exactly worked with me yet. Some people, but they have joined my email list. Yeah. So it definitely to me helps growth. And, you know, I'm sure you've talked about the value of email lists over like our social media following, you know, so Mm -hmm. that, I mean, to me, that's, that's where that's the, what is that? The gravy or that's the, Mm -hmm. that's where it's at, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so as far as guest podcasting, plus, I mean, you do get to meet really cool people and have, I love the conversations that you get to have and it makes you think about things in a different way. So I feel even just guest podcasting has made me probably a little bit better interviewer, but it's, even made me a better coach in helping okay. people because, um, when people ask you something in a different way, you, it makes you think about it differently. Right. And so yeah. then you're like, Oh yeah, aha. Like I need to, I need to go back. I, I go back and listen, you know, even though I know we hate listening to ourselves. Right. <laughs> but you go back, listen, and you're like, Oh, that was that. Yes. That's, that is, that was really smart. I don't know that I'd worded it that way. So I mm-hmm. think and there's a benefit there to me. It's a huge awesome way to get visibility for your business. Um, as a podcaster myself, like that was part of that same thing of like growing your email list, having that pillar content that belongs to me, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of getting your thought leadership out there. When I first started, um, my girlfriend and I, uh, Melissa, she, we were like, okay, so we know we need to do something to get out there and kind of grow. And we were talking about like YouTube and we were like, oh, you know, like, man. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, I listen to podcasts. Like, why wouldn't I podcast? Because Mm -hmm. the video element of YouTube was just really overwhelming. And we're like, we should do podcasts. So then I think it was, um, I think it was June of 2017. So then we signed up to go to podcast movement. That was in August. Mm -hmm. And so we went to that and then we signed up for Pat Flynn's, um, power up podcasting. And, um, so we went to that and we met, you know, met with Pat in person and met Michael Stelzner from social media marketing world. So we're talking to them and we're like, we both want to do our own podcast, but we also kind of want to do something together. And Michael Stelzner was like, this is gold. You should do this. The two of you. And we're like, yes. Uh, oh yeah. I had, we had talked our way into a VIP party we weren't supposed to be in. So there was, Uh, (laughs) there was uh, like, there's a whole backstory there, (laughs) but so we were like, yes. And honestly, I think it was so new to us because you know, being in the therapy room, like everything is confidential and private, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there in a very visible way was really kind of scary. So we ended up doing the podcast together and I don't know that we would have done it as well or, or been as consistent or made it happen as quickly had we not done it together. Cause that's just what we needed at that time. Yeah. Um, and my partner, she also is ADHD as well. Um, so we started our podcast and we did it um, we started working on it one weekend in September, we launched like October 3rd. And okay. so we did seasons. Um, and then I ended up launching a separate podcast uh, called couples fix, where I did a couple of episodes. I really hate doing solo episodes mm-hmm. in all honesty. Like that's why I'm a therapist. I like talking to people. Yeah. Um, they're just harder for me, but I'm really, I'm pushing myself more and more to do the individual solos. Yeah. Um, and now next month I have a 
um, capsule podcast that's launching called the easily distracted therapist, cool. because I do see so many therapists who yeah. have ADHD or, you know, or ADHD ish. And so I realized like, to me, it's, it's excellent marketing. It's great thought leadership. And it's a way to do something once and have it out there for people to consume, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I want you to dig deep here. Have you had any like stories of uh, growing pains in the podcasting space or like major errors that you <laughs> committed oh, or mistakes? Like just, just get, cause you, you're over a hundred some episodes now. Yeah. What is the one thing where you're like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Oh my gosh. I have a few. Well, one was, um, I was breathing heavy into my mic. Cause sometimes when I get excited, I talk <laughs> rapidly Yeah. and my friend, Chris Browning from popcorn finance, he was like, you need to turn your mic to the side. So that you're not like, you yeah, know, like, like heavy breathing into it. Into right. it. Um, so there was one episode where we were recording Melissa and I in a hotel room and, uh, we both had allergies and it literally sounded like somebody was doing some kind of obscene, heavy breathing while we were having our podcast interview. That one was a little embarrassing. Creep out your listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I really appreciate you sharing all of the, the information and strategies about overwhelm and, 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 and burnout and stress and ADHD and all, all these things. And I know um, I'm going to share a bunch of things in the show notes and links, but you have um, you have a resource for us uh, about strategies. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I have. And this is the thing I've, you know, spoken at a couple different podcasting conferences. And the reality is a lot of podcasters, it's either for their business. So again, they're business mm-hmm. owners or it's some kind of side passion project or side mm-hmm. hustle. So overwhelm is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I have a little sheet about shiny object syndrome because okay. I think this is one of the things that gets us into trouble. And I am so guilty. I have committed every level of shiny object syndrome out there, but I kind of look at it a little differently about, um, you know, I think sometimes we have these unmet unmet needs that are happening for us. Mm -hmm. And I kind of use like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so we chase these shiny objects. So I have a worksheet that helps you discern, is this an awesome opportunity or is it a shiny object? And shiny objects, frankly, just lead us to overwhelm. So that's so helpful. I I appreciate you sharing that. Um, And I thank you for being here today. It was wonderful to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you.